Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat for another week. I'm Joey Levin. Here as always, and I am joined, as I am every week now, by the hardest working man, the world traveling, the two-time NBA champion, Norris Cole. Norris, what is up, my dude? What's going on, Heat Nation? We're here for another episode. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Hey, did you catch, uh, what'd you think of All-Star Weekend? This is our first episode post-All-Star. We're officially in the second half of the year. What, what'd you think? Actually, I was kind of pleasantly surprised because at first I was like some of the other All-Stars where I think I thought the game shouldn't have been played. But after watching it, I was thoroughly entertained. Um, Dame Lillard and the Splash Brother Steph Curry definitely made it, definitely made it very, very entertaining. So uh, I'm happy that, you know, the NBA was able to pull it off and for the good causes, you know, highlighting the HBCUs. It was, uh, I think it was a special weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I texted a friend of mine that when the Dame Lillard and Steph Curry back-to-back half-court shots happened, I was like, that's like an all-time all-star moment. And then Dame hits the game winner from half-court. It was crazy. <laughs> it was nuts. Hey, man, they, they have unlimited range. Like, they, they talk about how they be practicing. Like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, right. But they actually be practicing those shots. You could tell. <laughs> yeah. Now, in addition to All-Star Weekend – there was some pretty big news over the past week for this podcast, Norris. And I, te- I texted you this last week and we have to give a big shout out before we go any further to heat nation, because it seems as though they have finally caught on Norris Cole is the host of believe in Miami heat. And they stepped up in a big way. We made our first foray into the Apple podcast, top 200 rankings, which is, which is huge. That was only your second week officially as the co-host of this show. And they stepped it up for us, dude. Man, big shout out to Heat Nation. They they've always shown me love. I'm I'm happy that they're showing us and our podcast love. And, I, and I'm sure as long as we continue to put out good content, I'm sure they'll continue to support and follow. Absolutely. And so here's what we I think we here's what we want to do. So we usually do one episode a week, as we as we've noted. Man Norris, the hardest working man in the podcast game in France, playing professionally, but still putting out heat content for you guys. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to do even more content. So here's the plan. For the listeners of this show, we want to start doing every couple of weeks, maybe every week, depending on what the response is, we're going to do a Norris Cole mailbag. So you have two options right now. As of right now, there's two options. The, the main one is if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review and leave a question for Norris in the review, we'll go through the questions. And we'll do a, a bonus episode every few weeks. And we I'll, ha- I'll ask Norris your questions and we'll just chat and we'll get your, your guys. We'll see what you guys want to hear from the champ. And as of right now, we don't have a show Twitter page, but if you want, you can go to my Twitter account. I'm going to put out a post asking for questions. My Twitter is, 
it's my name's Joey Levin, but it's Joseph R, the letter R and Levin, L-E-V-I-N. I'll put out the tweet. You can respond to that tweet too, but it's probably easier to just leave us the rating and get questions and we'll get uh, Norris. We'll have some fun. We'll answer some fan questions. Absolutely. Um, so, but really we appreciate it and it's only bigger and better things coming from the show. We're just getting started. Uh, but that was a, that was a big thing. I know, you know, believe is happy. Norris and me are, we're ecstatic the way it exploded last week. So let's, let's keep this thing going. All right, let's get into, it's the second half of the season. The heat we're recording this on Wednesday. The heat's first game is Thursday night. We're going to take a look ahead. I have a few things that I feel really good about heading into the second half and a few things that I'm questioning whether how I feel about. <laughs> so I'm going to throw some things at Norris. We're going to chat about it real quick and, uh, and, and see how we feel going into the second half of the season. But first, I got to give a, sh- a shout out, not just to the fan. I got to give a shout out to our, our people over at Bet Online because as we know, they take care of us. They love the show and we love them. And they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I still look, I, I think I mentioned it on the last episode, $25 on Eric Spolstra to win coach of the year on bet online to potentially win a G I feel pretty good. I got to be honest. I feel pretty deep. I feel like that could happen for me. And the NBA second half is about to be in full spring, full swing college basketball about to be in the tournament. It's coming. And so is listen to the, the hundred thousand dollar bracket madness contest as bet online is the spot for all your bracketology needs. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your spot, your online sportsbook expert. All right, Norris, before we get into the, the things that I things I feel good about, we'll start with the things I feel good about. There, I got actually, there was the biggest news of the, the week for the Miami Heat came out today. And I feel like there's a chance you probably haven't seen this yet. So I'm going to break this to you. And this relates to you, Norris. This relates to you. So I hope you're ready. Oh, yeah. This relates to you. Here we go. The NBA has entered into a partnership of sorts with the company that owns Oreos, like the cookie Oreos. Okay. And March 29th, there is a NBA Dynasty Oreo coming out a series coming out of Oreos celebrating six of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. Those dynasties include the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, the Boston Celtics, of course, the Chicago bulls, the San Antonio Spurs, the golden state warriors, and your Miami heat. Man, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right. If we talked about modern day dynasties, we didn't talk about the heat wouldn't be right. So congratulations. You're part of the NBA dynasty Oreos collection coming out May, March 29th. I appreciate that. I know some Oreo lovers and I also know some heat nation supporters. They're going to love them Oreos. Got to make sure, got to make sure mama Cole get her some Oreos. Oh, you got, got, how could you not love Oreos? Get, get you a good glass of milk, some Oreos, Whew. but I don't well, even know. Like, know. But you, that, that, you can see that logo on there. You're not going to want to ruin the logo. Yeah, well, you know, Oreos mess up my Picasso. You know, I like to keep my six-pack right, so I'll just share all those with mom, but I got to make sure I get pictures first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> all right, Norris, let's – Uh, so, I, like I mentioned, the Heat's first game is tomorrow – is Thursday night against the Orlando Magic. And so starting off with the things that 
I, these are things that I personally just looking at this, the second half and looking at what happened in the first half that I feel good about. And since we're talking about who they play, I don't know if you know this, but according, depending on where you look now, I use a website called Tankathon and they do strength of schedule based on win percentage of your remaining opponents. The heat have the fourth easiest schedule in terms of win percentage of opponents going into the second half of the year. I feel pretty good about mm. that. You got to feel pretty. I, I, I'm hesitant. I like those odds. Now here's my only thing. Now, let me ask you this. When you were a player, did you guys ever think about that stuff? Or did you have coaches that brought up like strength of schedule or who, upcoming opponents or anything like that? No, they didn't necessarily um, talk about strength of schedule. They did let us, you know, we have like homestand, like we got to take care of home. So if we got to, let's say we got a six game homestand or eight game homestand, we, you know, we'll say, hey, fellas, you know, it's getting down to crunch time. We got this homestand. Let's take care of home. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, yep. Um, so now here's the thing. I actually – I do think that is an important thing to look at, strength of schedule, fourth easiest schedule remaining in the second half. But there is part of me that thinks the current – like the current win percentages are a little deceiving because of this particular season, right? So like – Absolutely, absolutely. So like some teams, they're – strength of schedule is impacted by looking at the fact that the heat are a 500 team, but in a normal year, they'd maybe be four or five games above 500. You know, this is not the year to be looking at um, strength of schedule, quote unquote, you know, there's only, there's only three, three or four teams that are like maybe head or heels, you know, superior to other teams. And that would be Brooklyn. That would be Lakers. That would be probably Philadelphia and maybe the Clippers. You know, other than that, you know, everybody else is pretty much even that's in the playoff hunt. You know, every everybody's on both on both conferences. There's no there's no there's not many teams that are just, oh man, you gotta be, you know, worried about playing in the especially in the playoffs. So this is not the year, especially with you know, with it being the second year after COVID. Strength of schedule really doesn't mean nothing. Anybody can get beat these days. Yeah, it's tough. It is it, look, it, it, these next five which games is a good thing for the heat, which is a good thing for the heat. Right. I mean, you look at, I, I do feel good about it, at least these next, this little stretch coming out of the break. I feel like they can make a nice little, you know, start to this. They go Orlando, Chicago, Orlando, Cleveland, Memphis. Actually Memphis is tough, but the next four Orlando, Chicago, Orlando, Cleveland, Memphis. It's there's three of those are on the road, but I feel decent about it. Orlando's struggling. They, they've, they've had a rough year and Cleveland's terrible. So it's a, a winnable stretch coming up for the heat. Very winnable. And they got to come in focused, taking them one game at a time because those wins could prepare them into being a three, you know, possible three or four seed. Right. Now, unfortunately, Bam will not be playing on Thursday. He's still out with this knee tendonitis thing, which is a little bit concerning, but I'm sure it's just playing it safe at this point. But, uh, you know, against Ooh. this Magic team, I think if if everyone else is somewhat healthy, we it, it, you should be all right. Which kind of leads me into the next thing I feel good about. At 18 and 18, mm-hmm. the Heat are 18 and 18, despite the fact that to this point in the season, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Goran Dragic have only played 79 minutes together. That is very, very... See, now you're starting to look at the glass half full. 
instead of half empty. I like that. I like your transition of thought after this all-star break. I like how you're thinking now. Well, there are some <laughs> things I'm worried about, but we're just starting with the things I'm good. At. But yes, I, I'm looking at it half full for sure. That's and, 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 and seriously, on a serious note, that's a key because those three, when those three play together, they're a dynamic team. And for, for them to not be able to, you know, just get it together health-wise and for other whatever the other reasons are, you know, I think that kind of set them back a little bit. But I think coming into this new half of, of the season, you know, the second half of the season, I feel like the more those three are on the court together, the more dangerous the Heat will be. Yeah, and it's crazy just, you know, early in the year we kept hearing that oh, we got we to get our chemistry. We're building our chemistry. And I, and I think a lot of people, including myself, are like, you guys just went to the finals. What do you mean you have to build your chemistry? But when you look at numbers like this, yeah. how, how can you build anything when they're, that's your three best players? Especially, <laughs> at least in the playoffs, they were your three best players. And what, no matter what you think of potential of anybody else, Goron is – I mean, he's your second best scorer on your team. So to only play 79 minutes total in the first half of the season is crazy. Well, yeah, well, the only way you can get real chemistry is by playing. And just because you had, you know, one season of making it to the finals, that's not that's not championship, you know, dynasty chemistry. You know, you have to go, go over, over and over and over again. You know, the chemistry that our team had wasn't because we made one finals. It was because we – we had many wars, you know, years and years of wars and games against, you know, Chicago, against Indiana, against Boston. We had years, seasons, a lot of seasons of wars. And I think, um, you know, this year, even though a lot of these guys have played together from last year, they haven't been able to be on the court together. And, and this is a new season. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, one guy who's played a lot, and this will be my next the thing I feel one thing I feel very good about after the first half is the and we this is well noted. I think we both feel good about this. The What's reemergence that? of Kendrick Nunn. Oh man, he's a major key. <laughs> it's it's been since February first. Now he's having a great year overall, but since February first, he's averaging sixteen a game. He's shooting forty percent from three and ninety five point eight percent from the free throw line. By the way, I should probably knock on my wooden desk right here because I'm probably going to jinx him by saying this. He hasn't missed a free throw since February 5th. He's made 25 in a row. See, I wish you would have never said that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, he's he's definitely stepped his game up, and it's much needed. Like you said, Dragic has not been able to play as much as we, you know, needed him to, you know, for health reasons. And, you know, Jimmy Butler has been in and out of the lineup. Hero has been in and out of the lineup. And, you know, Kendrick Nunn has kind of been that that steady force for us. And his, his game has matured and has grown. And I – and I think, hey, if he can continue playing this way and then Dragic get his legs up under him, that's a dynamic backcourt to go along with, you know, Jimmy and, and, and Hero. That could be very, very dynamic. Yeah, it makes you almost feel like, and I, I'm, I'm hesitant and I, I am tentatively feel this way. It's just that if no moves get, because, you know, obviously the way he's playing, if moves were to get made, he's a prime guy to get moved because of the way he's Absolutely. playing. But it's almost like, not that he's on, he's, he's not, no one's unmovable other than Jimmy and Bam, but like he, you, you feel okay. Like if you, if you don't end up moving him for a better piece, the way he's playing, you're okay with him the rest, the rest of the way because of the way he's emerged and become not just an efficient, not just a, a scorer, which we knew he was, but an efficient scorer and a clutch scorer. 
Absolutely. And that's the ultimate compliment to a player to, you know, knowing that if you stay with your franchise, you add value and knowing that if you are traded, that you're going to command, you know, some sort of um, value, you know, mm-hmm. when, when players are traded away for a lot, that means they bring value, you know? And so yeah. I think yeah. that he's, he's put himself in a position where, you know, if he, if he, if he is to stay with us here in heat nation, you know, he's bringing a lot of value to our team and we, we appreciate how he's playing. And if it's unfortunate and he has to be traded the way he's playing now, he's going to command a lot of value, which, you know, would be good for the heat as well. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say on Kendrick is a lot of players, a lot of players that went undrafted, played great for the first half of their rookie year, and then just completely fell out of the rotation whether it was because of struggles or COVID or whatever it was, a lot of guys might not have been able to handle that. I think it's really impressive that he just, he hunkered down, he kept with it. He trusted, he didn't let go of the rope, so to speak, like Spo would say, and he's bounced back and he's a better player. Now this is not this, you know, he was great last year as a rookie in that stretch when he was playing, but he's a better player. Now, when you look at just from an efficiency standpoint, he is a better player and it's very impressive. And, and I'm just impressed with the way, you know, a lot of guys who were second in the country and scoring in college and go undrafted wouldn't have even made it. So he's now he overcomes that. Then he is a great rookie. Then he gets benched and he falls out of the rotation for a team that went to the finals. And now he's back playing. It's just impressive the way he's able to continue to bounce back and prove himself over and over again. Yeah. He just shows his maturity as a man. Um, and I think, him going to college for multiple years, um, I believe that played a factor in it, you know, because when you go to college for for one, two, three, or four years, you know, you deal with the day-to-day grind of the coach being on you. You deal with the day-to-day grind of earning your spot. And I think that has helped him, you know. Nothing was given to him. He had to earn his spot, and he's continuing to earn his spot. And so I think just his maturity as a man has helped him be able to deal with his ups and downs in his short career so far. And I think um, him dealing with those things early in his career will be so much better for him later in his career because he'll be able to handle anything thrown his way. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's been pretty remarkable to watch. He's, he's become one of the funner players to watch on this roster. Um, All right. One more thing that I feel incredible. I guess this is the thing I feel best about when it comes to this team um, is that in spite of everything that happened in the beginning of the year, in spite of the st- the tough start, the injuries, not having a full roster, all that, the Miami Heat, their defense, particularly since the beginning of February, but even just now on the season, is mm-hmm. absolutely elite championship level defense. Second, seventh on the seventh defensive rating seventh best defensive rating in the league on the season since February 1st, second best defensive rating. Uh, and particularly, and in clutch games, by the way, which was a big problem at the beginning of the year, people were like, Oh, the, the heat are struggling in clutch games since February 1st, they're eight and four, their defensive rating in the last five minutes of games that are five points or less is 97.6, which is like a, a unheard of in today's basketball. Uh, they're just, their defense is so good that, it's helped them overcome a lot of things and it, it's going to be, it, it's one of those things that it makes you tough. It doesn't matter what team you are, even the, even the nets, not that I'm saying that the heat are beating the nets right now in a seven game series, but they can guard just about any team in the league, the way their defense is playing right now. 
Well, that's that's the that's the one constant every championship team has. They're normally a high percentage three point shooting team, and they're normally among the top ten in defense, defensive rating, whether it's defensive percentage or three point defense. And so, you know, that's the one thing they have going for them. So if they can get their offense going just half as good as their defense, I believe I like their chances of making it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and and to that point, I was going to throw you these stats too. It's that one. The other thing we talked about it on this show a couple times, but one of the most concerning things to a lot of people defensively was the Heat's three point defense, which at the beginning of the season and that 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 poor stretch was one of the worst in the league. It's improved so much to the point where now they have the tenth best uh, three point opponent three point percentage on the season. So they're top ten in the league now, and that's with the rough start. And that also. They are allowing teams, and this is by design because of the way the Heat play, most three-point attempts per game, and they're still 10th or 10th in the league in opponent three-point percentage, and they remain first in the league in opponent points in the paint. So they're first in points in the paint and 10th in, in three point per, opponent three-point percentage. That is a championship recipe. That's, that's definitely a championship recipe they need they need to keep that up right there and just bring their offense along and I and I love their chances. I love their chances with those numbers. Yep. All right, Norris, we're going to now unfortunately I know you don't like this. <laughs> I know you don't like this. We got to get there's some things we got to talk about them. There's a few things, but before that, got to give a brief moment to talk about our sponsor eBay. They take care of us, so we'll take care of them. You know, whether it's Rare, dead stock, the, rate, the latest release. Find, you can find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify every box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and... It also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has, an, has eliminated selling fees on sneakers, $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, so my list of things, I didn't tell you what, Norris, the list of things that I'm concerned about, not as big. Not as big okay. as oh, the let's things see. Let's, let's that see. I'm let's happy see. about, okay? What, two of them, I think, are directly related. One of them really doesn't even have that much to do with the heat, so to speak, but we'll get to that, okay? Mm-hmm. First thing, and this is, I got to go there. I got to go there, Norris. Still have not made a move to address the four situation. Still, <laughs> and, and you know, it's, look, we love Kelly. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, Good player, got to make a move to address the force. It's just got to happen at some point. I am confident that it's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. I think a lot of people thought maybe during All-Star break something would happen. We're still 15 days away from the trade deadline, March 25th, so it could happen. But I'm concerned. I don't know that there's the, the biggest market out there, but the Heat, can, the heat will make something happen. They just got to get it done, man. It's got to get it done. Yeah, that's just like we got done talking about how good the defense is and how we need to, you know, bring the offense along. I think that's going to be a major part, you know, bringing in a four-man who can 
you know, who can who can definitely fill it up for us and help us on <laughs> help us offensively. Or oh, maybe Kelly O can just get it going, you know, because he's definitely capable of getting it going. But you know, if not, you know, we gotta got to be able to have a foreman that can, you know, make be a playmaker that can defend and that can shoot the three at an efficient, at an efficient rate. Right. So on that note, on that note, I'm going to do, I'm going to weave in one of our favorite things to do on this show into the things I'm a little concerned about, which is I'm just going to throw a bunch of names out you that are rumored to either be on the trade market or the buyout market and see what you think. All right. You ready? Talk to me. There's a report that the Chicago Bulls and Otto Porter may Ooh. be agreeing to a buyout. I love Otto Porter if he can stay healthy. I love Otto Porter. I'm about to say he, he has to stay healthy, though. That's true. But if he can if stay he, healthy. If he can stay healthy, I like that. Let's see. Where, like I'm trying to look. He is. He's, he's played in 16 games this year. He's shooting 40% from three. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. Averaging six rebounds. Yeah, man, that, that would be a, and, and there was a similar a report on the same day was that the bulls are telling teams Thaddeus young is not available. So well, smart for that because he's a high level player, man. <laughs> yeah. He's really changed things for them this year. He, he's gone under the radar for that, for what he has contributed to that team. Cause that, I think they're a playoff team this year. I think they really might be. But anyways, Otto Porter Jr. So we're in on Otto Porter Jr. on the buyout market. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in on him. I'm in. Okay. A report came out yesterday that the Houston Rockets might be headed towards a fire sale. And we talk a lot about Victor Oladipo, but we have not talked a ton about P.J. Tucker. If there's a fire sale going on in Houston, I'm making the call. P.J. Tucker's perfect. He's a high-level defender, and he's a high-level corner three ball. Led the league in three-point shooting from the corner last year. And that's kind of a place that the Heat, you know, you know, when they drive and kick, that's one of the most important places that we need to have field. You know, when we drive baseline, when we drive middle, kick out, swing, swing, that's one of the places that, you know, we value on offense. You know, even when I was there, that was one of the places, you know, we used to run corner to corner, swing, swing, when anybody, somebody, anytime somebody's driving baseline, making sure somebody gets to the deep corner, so he could be very valuable. And his high-level de- defense is going to help playing against a James Harden, playing against a Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. You know, he'll help Jimmy Butler out a lot with that. I think as much as I've watched the Rockets over the last few years, I think because P.J. Tucker doesn't get stats, he doesn't get a ton of rebounds, he doesn't score a ton. I mean, he's just not a stat guy. He goes under the radar. I think he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. He can guard multiple positions. He's strong enough to guard bigs. But the way he moves his feet as an individual as an individual defender, he guards wings. There's not a lot of things he can't do on the defensive end. He just doesn't. He doesn't get the credit because he's not getting a ton of blocks. He's not getting a ton of steals. He's not filling up the stat sheet so people don't hear about it. But he is an incredible defender. Well, with true, with true basketball minds, they don't only look at analytics and stats. Anybody who watches the game knows that he has an impact on the game. And anybody who's played against him or played with him knows that, you know, P.J. Tucker, he has an impact on the game. And I think the Heat are intelligent enough to know that. 
No, the Heat, you know, they don't just go after stat guys. They go after glue guys, guys that fit. And he's definitely a glue, a glue guy, a high-level one at that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, an, another guy who I think has sort of morphed into a bit of a glue guy at, later in his career, a guy that I love. I was with him for a year in Memphis. Very, just a great dude. Rudy Gay is a guy whose name has been floated out by just in rumor. I think the Spurs, although they're playing really well, like shockingly well for what I expected them to be this year, they're going younger. Um, so he might be a guy who could potentially be out there. He is a little bit older. That's why he's, I think he's lost a little bit of his athleticism. That's why he's more of a four now, but he's shooting the ball well. Um, and he's, you know, he's just a, a vet who's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it would take to trade for him, but what? Are, how do you feel about Rudy Gay potentially? I don't know if we should trade for him, but I mean, but if there was a way to get get him, um, I definitely believe he could bring some value because um, one, he's going to be willing to play a role because he's at the at this point in his career, you know, he wants to you know compete for championships. You know, he's a he's a super vet. He's been in the league for a long. time. And, you know, playing for the Heat will definitely give him a legitimate chance of possibly making it to the finals and winning a championship. Um, and with being in South Florida, you know, as an older player, I'm sure he'll he'll be healthy, you know, because, you know, that weather, <laughs> there's nothing like mm-hmm. that type of weather, man, being in South Florida for a vet. And so, you know, I think Rudy Gay would be an interesting piece, but I don't think that we should give up, you know, too much because I don't, you know, I don't know what, what the asking price would be for Rudy Gay. Yeah. I wonder, I think it would probably be, man, I, you know, he's, he makes 14 million this year. He's on an expiring deal. Uh, so you'd probably, I would imagine it's if they're looking to move him, probably a, a, a pick, like maybe some type of draft pick and match the contracts. I, I don't really know. I can't imagine they would ask that much for a, a guy who's, who's in the last year of his deal at 34 years old in his 14th year. Right. You know, the money has to add up. Right. That's true. And that, and the, the, on a one-to-one basis, there's only two guys who really match up, which would be Kelly and uh, Andre Godala. And I don't know that you would, I don't know that that is a big enough upgrade there from either of those guys. Yeah, and I don't think we would want to give up Iggy. I mean, his his championship pedigree is second to none. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. That's fair. That is fair. It's tough, though. It, I guess you give him up if you're getting a big piece, like if you're making a splash. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And then the last guy who's out there who I didn't – you know, he he comes up all the time and he's still making a, a, a lot of money, but I really find him interesting is Harrison Barnes. Oh, um, I think a lot of people forget that when Harrison Barnes was, first of all, he's an, he's an NBA champion. So that's one thing. Right. Uh, but, but people forget that when he was with the Warriors, the best he ever really played was when he was small ball four for the Warriors. Uh, he, he spread the floor, he defended multiple positions and he can, he's always been able to shoot the ball. He's a 38% three point shooter for his career. Uh, he's an interesting one. I think he will fit in with what we're trying to do. You know, we can't always look at what they did at other teams because this is a different team. And I believe for this team, I think it will fit well, actually, for Harrison Barnes. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. 
Now, I really do. Now, the thing with Harrison Barnes is he has two more years remaining after this, 20 million and 18 million. So you're probably, I mean, you, you, first of all, you have to make the money work, but I just, I don't know what the Kings are doing out there. Like they're still just, a, they're a mess. I, I can't believe Luke Walton's still coaching them. Like, it's just crazy. Like they're just, they've been really bad this year. I think way lower than expectations for a team that was a borderline playoff team. So maybe they're getting ready to sell guys off a little bit, but he would be an interesting one. He's only 28 years old too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's young, man. He got plenty of, plenty of good years left. And that's, those are the type of guys you need when you're trying to build a championship roster. You can't have all, you know, all babies on the roster. You got to have some vets, some men, some guys that's been through some wars. Yes. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. Norris, I got two more things before we wrap up on a little bit concerning. And this next one kind of goes to the four man situation and you kind of addressed it already, but the offense is still struggling. And the, where I get concerned is the continued reliance on the three point shot. And it's, you know, right now the heat are 25th in offensive rating in the league and they're 22nd in three point percentage, but they're taking the 12th most threes per game. But meanwhile, 26th in the league in points in the paint, but only 27th in the league in shots at the rim and 22nd in all other paint shots. So my concern is the discrepancy there, right? Like I get it that they have one of the best three point shooters in the league in Duncan Robinson. They have a decent amount of shooters. They normally have a four who can shoot the ball, but I think to turn this thing around, they got to get to the rim and score in the paint and at least get attempts in the paint. And a lot of that comes from we, what I've talked about is Jimmy passing up open layups, Goron passing up open layups to kick out the shooters, just opportunities where you could get fouled or score at the rim. It just seems like maybe they're not taking advantage of those and relying solely, not solely, but a lot on the three, which worked last year when they had the second best three point percentage in the league. This year it's 22nd. Is it is it a philosophy thing or is it just getting back into the rhythm? Do you think? I don't want to say it's getting back into the rhythm. I think they just have to, you know, when they get in the paint, look to be aggressive. Um, right now it seems like they're trying to take only layups and threes, which, you know, a lot of teams in the NBA are starting to take that trend. But no, they have to just be aggressive and take the best open shot. And sometimes it's not always a three. Sometimes you have to attack the realm for, for layups or for mid-range jumpers. And I think, um, like you said, you know, when you used to get on Jimmy for being more aggressive, I believe he, he can change that. I believe Kendrick Nunn can change that. And I believe as Dragic comes back, he can help change that, you know, with more paint scores or more, more scores under the three-point line. Yeah, it just – the turnover thing is interesting too. They're still third in the league in turnovers. It's gotten better, but I look back at last year, they turned the ball over a lot last year too. Um, so it's, it's a weird thing with this offense, but yes, to your turn. I think it, it was interesting. We had the discussion last week about championship teams being good in the mid range. And I really didn't even and like great championship level players being great in the mid range. And really, mm-hmm. it was pretty eye-opening. I, I think when you what you, what you were saying, I don't think most people don't really consider that anymore. Like they really don't. It's 
people feel like the mid range is gone, but you're, you're right. When you really look at it, like great. And I guess for us, it would have to be Jimmy Butler. Right. But just finding the best shot it, regardless of where it is on the floor. Exactly. And Jimmy is, is, is great in the mid range, but uh, Kendrick, Nunn, he he has pretty good two point pull up off the dribble game. And Dragas, Dragas can also attack. You know Dragas, who else? He, you know, he who has else? good floaters. Yeah, you know who else? Bam. And ba- uh, yeah, I was gonna say that Bam. He can pick and pop to seventeen feet. You know, and obviously he can play above the rim. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I mean, I think. I mean, we can't be the only one to see him search both season. So we'll see. I, I think, like you, as they get healthier and they and they figure out what works for them, the offense will get better. And you're right. If the defense plays the way it's playing, they just need to be half as good as the defense on offense to be to 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 get where they are trying to go potentially. Here's the last thing I'm going to end with on things I'm con- I'm a little concerned with and it's not even about the heat, okay? But I'm concerned that the Nets may just be too good this year. Blake Griffin goes to the Nets. All these people, there's a lot of people crapping on Blake Griffin and I think a lot of people don't watch games. I know that his numbers are down, but like you said, you can't just watch numbers. You have to take into consideration that the guy has been stuck in Detroit in an awful situation for two years. He's 30 years old. When he was healthy and playing at his peak two years ago, he was a top 25 player in the NBA, and they got him for free. And they were already the best team in the East. Now they just get another player. Is it getting to a point where the Nets are maybe just going to be too good for anyone to compete with them? Your concern is the same concern everyone has in the NBA. <laughs> whether whether they got Blake Griffin or not, people had that concern. And so, yes, you're right to have that concern. And <laughs> there's nothing that's going to change that concern, really, because <laughs> they're only going to get better. All we can do is, you know, hope we can meet up and see what happens. Because yep. um, barring anything spectacular happening, they're definitely going to be there in the Eastern Conference Finals for sure. No question. What did you think about Blake going to the Nets? Oh, I didn't think that much of it. I mean, I think he'll be a good fit there because he's going to have a defined role. He's not going to have to play major minutes. He's going to just have to do his role, which, you know, it won't be anything too major. Um, You know, defend, move the ball, you know, rebound, play spot minutes. Um, I think it's a great role for him. But I don't think he's going to be the reason whether they win the championship or not. You know, I think that their team was going to get there anyway. Oh, yeah. I think they did definitely. I mean, they needed depth up front, so it helps. I also just think maybe I'm misreading where Blake is at in, in his career. I think people are underestimating what he's got left in the tank. And I think you know this, and anyone who's played at that level knows this. It's it, You can't underestimate happiness in a situation. Like, a guy well, when who, you're playing for a championship, it brings added motivation. So he's actually playing for something meaningful. So it'll bring the best out of you. Right. And, and I think whether he's regressed or not, I, he's obviously regressed a little bit in his career, but like there's people saying he hasn't had a dunk this year and people are like, oh, Blake Griffin can't even dunk anymore. Come on, guys. We're talking about Blake Griffin. Pretty sure Blake Griffin's going to be fine. You're going to see that first game where Harden throws one of those lobs to him and everyone's going to be like, oh, that's been there all along. Oh, okay. 
he just wasn't happy in Detroit. Yeah. Sure. That, yeah, I think that, like I said, you know, when you have a championship that you're playing for, it brings, it brings a little different type of energy. Yep. All right. We, uh, I think we're out of time. Norris, I know you gotta, you gotta run. I gotta run. So everybody remember Norris Cole mailbag episodes coming, go to Apple podcasts, <laughs> leave your rate, leave your reviews, leave your questions in there. We'll get them together. We'll pick the best ones. We'll read some of them. We'll, we'll have some fun. We'll do a bonus episode. Again, Heat Nation, thank you guys so much for the support so far. We're just, like Norris said to me when I hit him up, we're just getting started with this thing, right? We're just getting started. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. And we will be back next week. Norris, want to take us out, my man? Heat Nation, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the love. Make sure you go to all your major outlets. Hit that subscribe button. Tune in to us every week. This was All-Star Weekend, but next week we're going to bring back the cold-blooded player of the week. We got some special things coming for you. Shout out to Heat Nation. We'll see you next week. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.